The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Welcome to episode 36 of Teen Girls Investigate Crime Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. What was that? I don't know. I like this case today. I just feel a little bit... What was that? That was so weird. I don't know. This is why I don't take chorus anymore. I'm sorry to anyone's ears that I hurt. Anyway. Okay, anyway. (laughs) That that, that (laughs) threw me off a little bit. A little off-putting. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Off-putting? Um... Okay, anyway, um, today we have a super creepy case for you. That's probably why Izzy's in a good mood. So, obviously, yeah. this one's just going to be mega creepy because, you know, Izzy picked it out. Yeah, and flashback to when I was going to do Supernatural Sundays, and then I was Dude. like, that's totally unrealistic. I forgot about that until, like, two weeks ago, and I texted Izzy, and I'm like, do you remember Izzy's Supernatural Sundays? Does anyone else remember this? Probably not. Maybe a few of you, but In, like, I don't the know. very beginning of our podcast, we talked about it, and where yeah. Izzy was like... Yeah, I'm gonna have supernatural Sundays where I do like mini episodes with like supernatural stuff, and we we're like, yeah, that's such a great idea. And then Izzy never got around to it. She like literally like drafted a first episode, actually. I did, and I was like, oh my god, this is such a good idea. And I was like, oh my god, this would be like super cool. I mean, maybe one day we'll bring it back when I'm not busy constantly. But like, I just I can't believe we forgot about it. It was kind of nuts, honestly. It was. And then you were like suggesting that like I also do it like a, a other thing, and I was like, well, there's nothing like left to do. Yeah, it's very unrealistic. Like, if it's true crime and there's supernatural, there's really nothing else that's related. I could do like uh, fairy tales. That doesn't even like gruesome fairy tales. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, Izzy's Supernatural Sundays was a little bit of a flop. Just a bit. It's funny to think about now, because it's been like a year. Yeah. And I kind of forgot about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think, actually, we're getting, we're hitting the point we have, because our first birthday is coming up, but we're hitting the point where, like, we, like, this is, like, the times that we were, like, starting to think of the ideas and put together our stuff, and it was so nuts. We were getting, like, our podcast, like, approved and stuff. Yeah, by our advisement teachers. Oh my god. I remember we were like, you know, we're gonna do ten episodes and then be done. Now it's episode 36, plus a bunch of Patreon episodes. I'm not gonna lie, I never planned to quit. No, I didn't really. Either. I like I was like ten episodes and then I'll keep going, but you know, ten episodes that I have That's to a good baseline. Log, log in for my personal project. Yeah. But we did have a couple other things. We were like, we're gonna have so many listeners, like after a week. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's not how no, it works. No, I don't like I don't I honestly like I don't think we had over like a hundred listeners for like at least a few months. Yeah, it took a little while. Like because... it took a while and I feel like it started ramping up a lot over the summer. Specifically, um, it did before that. I'm trying to think of when we really got a lot of growth. I guess summer. I don't know. It was really. It was like spring of last year. Actually. Yeah, we got a lot of like growth, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been like, a long year. Yeah, and hopefully we'll grow more. We've had an interesting like development. Like literally a year ago, we were just you know some kids talking about true crime. Yeah. And, like, you know, we're like, oh, let's make a podcast! Like, we thought it was, like, so genius. I mean, I guess it is, because we're it still is doing a ge- it. Okay, that project idea was such a good idea. Oh, thank you. That was me. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why. I, I wanted to do it, because I felt like I would never actually do a meaningful assignment if we were in person school, but, mm-hmm. like, virtual school, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to take, like, the... 
Yeah, and also we were sophomores, and we had, like, a lot of time. But, like, seriously, this podcast was developed so much. Like, yeah. literally, Pineapples and Milk, the first episode, was, like, oh, so weird. I've I, never listened to it again. I I don't know if I listened to the full thing in the first place, actually. All I can so, we had to record it twice, and, like, oh, that Jesus. was, like... Yeah, we did. Really weird, because we had a really good first episode, and then the audio quality was, was really messed bad. up, because we were literally, like, recording our audio on, like... It was supposed to be connected to a um, camera. Yeah, so but we Mike didn't have good. a camera, so it was just connected to my computer. But no, not not my computer. Sorry, someone else's computer, and it was like it wasn't even really functioning. Yeah, it was not meant. There for was like all this weird background music or not background, background music, music, background like noise, like muffling and stuff. So we had to re-record, and like it was really frustrating. Because I was, like, insisting it was fine, just because I knew that if we re-recorded, like, the, like, our thought quality and, like, all of that stuff wouldn't be as good, but, like, the audio quality was, like, needed improvement. Yeah, it did. Like, we could not have published it. It's good that we re-recorded. Yeah. But at the same time, I bet if we listen now, the audio quality would sound so shitty. Yeah, no. Literally, we have, like, two mics set up now. We're, like, so, And they're, like, actual podcasting mics. Like, I mean, hopefully in the future, like, we get some more listeners and we can get, like, the fancy, like, Yeti mics. Oh, that'd be so cool. That are, like, outside noise canceling and all this stuff. Maybe some headphones and audio mixer. I've always wanted a recording studio. We're never going to yeah. get a recording studio, no. but, like, that'd be so cool. But, yeah, it would be really cool. And, you know, future plans. Future plans. We just went on such a tangent. But yeah, I'm sorry. Of, I like talking about the history of our podcast. No, yeah, it's really nice to talk about, and I feel like sometimes we get, like, it's so important in a true crime podcast specifically to, like, know your hosts. Yeah, I mean, it's important in all podcasts. Yeah. But, like, I feel like in true crime podcasts, you don't always get to know your hosts. They feel so impersonal sometimes. Yeah, and I, I, like, I like talking about the history of our podcast. Like, it's nice, because we did. We went from three sophomores, and now we've been doing this just us forever. Like, I honestly don't even remember what it was like to be a group of three in a podcast. I can't. It's, like, weird to think about. Yeah, so it's, like, this is it. Yeah. I, I actually, I remember the episode that we announced that it was just going to be us, and Izzy's like, so, it's just going to be us, Jill and I, from now on, <laughs> and, like, that's that's how it is, and that's how it rocks. Yeah, you know, that's how I we get the vibes. So um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, true crime time, guys, true crime time. Okay, um, also, um, mm-hmm. this is a formal apology about pronunciation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that should be mentioned. Yeah. It's, like, really all German stuff, and... Dude, it's gonna be difficult. But yeah, we're gonna try our best. Also, this case is from 1922. Yeah, so we're gonna try our best, mm-hmm. but we do apologize in advance. Anyway, yeah. Izzy picked this case out because, like, I don't know, she can't wait for spooky season or something. Uh, yeah. Okay, Izzy like is so impatient about spooky season. She's like, the second it's September first, I'm bringing out all of my fall stuff. I am. And I just I try to argue with her every year because I think you've got to wait till after Labor Day, which is only like an extra like week, six days. <laughs> yeah. And she won't. She won't do it. She insists. September 1st, but literally well, here, it's gonna be hot until, yeah. like, mid-November. Yeah, that's really true. But, like, September 1st, like, September is pre-gaming for October. Yeah, it is, but you gotta wait until after Labor Day, because okay. that's when you, like, that's when summer's over. You know, we will disagree on this. Forever. I'm gonna argue every single year. This is, like, people listening to Christmas music right when it turns November. I never will understand that. Sorry. I feel like it's appropriate, like, a little before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's when I always start listening. Okay, so, true crime. <laughs> Let's get started because we're going to be talking about the 
Hinter Kafak murders Kafak murders. Hinter Kafak, yeah. yeah. Hinter Kafak. Or it's like Hinter Kafak. And thankfully, that's like not the people's name. That's just the yeah. name of their farm yeah. in Germany. Yeah. All right, let's get started. So the there were actually six victims in this case. It was like a which is kind of insane. Yeah, it's, it's a like a mass murder. That's a lot of murders. So the first dude's name is Andreas Gruber, like um, Hans Gruber from that Christmas movie. What is that? Oh my god! What is that movie called? Die Hard. Die Hard. I hate Die Hard. I've never seen it. I'm, like, not an action movie person, so I can't stand that shit. And, like, my parents were like, oh, let's watch Die Hard. And I was like, sure, I'll watch Die Hard. And it was not good. I don't like it. But anyway, the dude that plays Snape in Harry Potter is this guy. It's Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Anyway, so that's, like, my own... I will not be able to hear Gruber this whole episode without thinking of this. (laughs) But he was, like, the leader of some, like terrorist organization. Oh, Jesus. Okay, let's get back on track. Yeah, okay. And then, he was, like, 63, and then he also lived with his wife, Kazelia Gruber, who was 72, which I actually thought was very strange. That is really weird. I didn't know people lived that old then. Well, yeah, that, but also for the time, like, I feel like 60-year-olds were married to, like, or 60-year-old men, at least. 60-year-old men were married to, you know, either someone their age or someone significantly younger. To be married to some... Sorry, Izzy just turned on her freaking, like, taco lights. (laughs) I didn't even know this still worked. And distracted me. Why would you distract me? I didn't mean to. Those are really cool. They are really cool. I feel like we need to, like, show people a picture of this or something. Just post a picture on our Instagram. Yeah, so unrelated, but taco lights. Okay, anyway. Basically, um, I thought it was a little strange, the age difference, but, you know, to each their own. So, you know, I'm not in a place to judge the victims. No. We're gonna move on with the, the list of victims. Um, they also lived with their... Daughter, Victoria Gabriel, who was 35, she was recently widowed, so that's why she moved in with her parents on their farm. Mm-hmm. Um, she also lived there with her daughter, Cazelia, named after her mother, who was seven, and she also had a son named Joseph, who was two. And the final victim was Maria Baumgartner, who was 44, and she was actually their maid. Mm-hmm. So, Andreas and Cazelia lived on a small farm in Germany that was about 43 miles north of Munich. So, it was, like, pretty rural, but it was still, like, I guess, kind of near a city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it was very, like, you know, Bavarian or whatever. I actually Bavarian don't know. Bavarian cream. I, I don't know what Bavarian means. I'm not going to lie. I just saw that, like, in a lot of my research. All I know about Bavarian is, I think, like, Bavarian pretzels. I think of Bavarian donuts. I don't know. So, that's really all my familiar... Familiar... Fam- why can't I say that? Familiarity. familiarity. Jinx. Well, that was weird. That was really weird. Okay. Um, yeah. I love how we're 10 minutes in and not even to the timeline yet. I know. What's Sorry wrong? about that. What's we're usually with finished today? with the timeline right now. Um, I, I, I'm feeling very spacey, guys. Sorry. Yeah, we both kind of are, as you can tell. Um, so their daughter, Victoria, moved in with them after the death of her husband years prior. Victoria's daughter, Cazelia, named after her mother, was the product of her previous marriage. Uh, Victoria's husband was rumored to have died in battle during World War One. However, many people actually believe that's not true. And we'll, like, really actually get into that later. But, yeah, like, it's just, crazy. you know, put it in the back of your mind. Anyway, Victoria's son Joseph has less of a clear-cut paternity because, you know, her husband was dead, and so <laughs> no one was really being very open about, like, children out of wedlock at the time. Yeah. That's such a fun word. I know it's, like, offensive, but wedlock? Wedlock. It is. It's a fun word, and I don't yeah, know why. it is a fun word. Okay, um, so there's, like, not really a confirmed father of Joseph, Mm -hmm. and it, like, obviously couldn't have been her husband, because he was, like, dead, or he was not around, because, you know, he was He might have not been dead. So he just wasn't there. 
But there's, like, these two rumors about Joseph's father. The first one is that Joseph's father is their neighbor, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure how, if that's how you say his name. It's very hard. Um, but it's not really that substantiated, except for the weird thing that, like, Lorenz was really obsessed with Joseph and mm-hmm. used to, like, insist that he was his son. And he also, like, said he resembled his son, Joseph. Who, who you know, is, yeah. he had, like, two if, sons. Yeah, two sons named Joseph, if he was the father, whatever. Yeah, so, like, this guy was just kind of crazy anyway. Like, if this isn't his son, he's like, my son! Yeah, I don't, he Like, would... when I think of this dude, I think of the guy from Harry Potter when Cedric died. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought you mean his dad. <laughs> okay. The dude when Cedric died. Yeah, yeah he, like, runs dad. down and he's like, that's my son! <laughs> <laughs> that way that sounded so accurate. It did sound really accurate. Um, yeah. But the other thing is a little more disturbed. And nasty. Yeah, nasty. I don't... I, did we say incest in the warning? No. Okay, so this incest. is... Incest. This is the warning now. So, if that makes you, like, really uncomfortable, I would just... Skip ahead a bit. Skip ahead? I mean, you won't... Or miss, listen miss to our episode it. from, like, last week. Yeah, week I don't before. know. Find, find something else to do with your time, because this case is going to center around that a good bit. Yeah. Alright, so this theory is that Joseph was actually the product of incest. Basically, when Victoria was a minor, I think she was about 16, her and her father, Andreas, were convicted of incest. Not even, like... Ugh, rumored. It was Yeah, like, or, like, they, it was reported after the fact. Like, they were convicted of it, which is, like... Ew. Means someone reported them. Yeah. So, they both actually served punishment, and Andreas went to jail for a period of time, and I think it was about a year. Oh. Yeah, um, but it's suspected that they started up a relationship again when Victoria moved in after her husband died, and Andreas is actually the father of Joseph, making him, like, grandfather and father. Anyways, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I think that makes a little more sense than the Lorenz thing. Yeah. But, like, anyway. You never know. This is all relevant, I promise, but it's just, it's really just to get you thinking in your minds. Mm -hmm. Thinking in your minds. Thinking while we tell you this intense timeline. Exactly. So... I'm going to get into the timeline a little bit. Um, Okay, so basically this timeline's kind of long because I was in history and I was bored. So (laughs) I was doing this. So productive. Yeah, so productive. So the months leading up to the murders, like, they had been, like, there was a shit ton of strange occurrences that took place on the farm. So first off, Andreas had said that he had found a newspaper on the farm that they had not bought or ordered. Which was really weird at this point, because you would physically, like, go into town and buy a paper. Like, there was no paper boy who would have accidentally been like, oops, wrong house. Oh. So, like, that's weird. Also, like, I can imagine that maybe that was, like, kind of expensive at the time. I don't know. I don't know. But also, like, he lived in a house with six other people. How do you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially, like, their maid, who they probably, like, really didn't converse with that much. Yeah, but they actually didn't have a maid at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still. But yeah, there were other people in the house. You never know. And he also had, like, an adult daughter, so, yeah. yeah. And in this time, there was also an instance where they, like, looked out the door and saw that there was a set of footprints leading into the house, but not out. Oh. Like, they could see it because there was snow on the ground, which is weird. That's really creepy. That freaked me out. And there was, like, no footprints around it, too. So, you know, it wasn't someone who was in the house because, like, how would they be walking? Like, mm-hmm. why would they walk backwards? Um, and then the last circumstance was that the second pair of house keys, which was, like, one of two. So they had two pairs. Keys at this point, if you lost your keys, you were screwed. Like, you're going to keep those safe. And they went missing. Oh. 
and one of the locks to the tool shed had been actually broken, and there were, like, scratches all over the door. That's so crazy. And, like, someone had actually successfully gone in, and they had noticed, like, they didn't really notice that there was anything missing, but well, we know that there is, and I'll get into that later, but yeah. And the maid, actually, that they had in the months and years prior to the murders, I think this was about six months before so the not murders. So the, not the one that was murdered? No. So she actually quit due to the fact that she felt that the house was haunted. So she said that, like, when she would be in her room, she would hear footsteps and stuff moving around in the attic, and that she always had a feeling that she was being watched. Ew. Which is really creepy. That's so creepy. And, like, actually Andreas ended up searching the entire house and farm at one point because the maid and all of his family were complaining about hearing movement and walking in the attic and around the home. Ooh. But he never found anyone, and regardless of all this crazy stuff, like, the police were never called, never alerted, and, like, I mean, a lot of people know about this stuff. Like, they weren't hush-hush about it. Like, it was weird. They were like, this is so weird. So, yeah. Now, onto the day of the murder. So, March 31st of 1922, um, their new maid arrived to the farm. This was her first day on the job. Oh, my God. Her name? The day before the murder. uh, Yeah. Her name was Maria Baumgartner, and, like, according to official documents, she was the last person known to see the Gruber family alive. Now, onto the murders themselves. So, later... Anyone else think that maybe she did it? She is kind of sus. Like, I mean, I I hadn't thought about it before, because she's obviously not, like, a well-known suspect, but, like... Like, what if she's, like, an assassin? I feel like at the time, like, autopsies were probably not that advanced, and Mm -hmm. they could have, like, if she killed herself, it could have totally been, like, ruled as a homicide along... Like, I don't know if they would have looked at her in the same way. Well, she was bludgeoned to death. What does that mean? Like, hit in the back of the head? I feel like I should know that. Like, her head was crushed in. Yeah, okay, so someone... You could definitely bludgeon oneself. With what? Like, throw a chair on your face? No, but if you have, like, a weapon, you go whack, 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 whack on the back here. I just demonstrated. Maybe. She did demonstrate. It was interesting. (laughs) So now on to the murders themselves. So later that day, an unknown person or persons came into the Gruber household and lured Andreas, his wife, Cazelia, their daughter, Victoria, and their granddaughter, Cazelia, to the barn. So, it's commonly speculated that they, like, did this by having animals make, like, a distressing noise, or they just made, like, a loud noise in the barn, which caused the family to go check and see what was going Ooh. on, which is really weird. I heard they were lured out there, like, one at a time. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that happened, and then they were all murdered with a pickaxe, which had been taken from the shed. Mm, I, sorry, I'm, like, thinking the maid may have done this. Yeah. I've never thought so, about it before, but it sounded a little sus. A pickaxe... But I think at this point, like, they were sharper on one end. Like, you think of a pickaxe, like, being dull, but I think at this point, like, they had, like, some sort of special pickaxe that was, like, sharp on one end. I don't know. Hmm. And then the killer went back into the house and murdered Maria, the maid, in her room. And do you want to know something kind of sad, actually? What? She was unpacking her bags. Oh, oh, God, that is sad. Like, her bags were half unpacked. And someone just came in and, like, whacked her. Okay, never mind. She's not suspect. Yeah. (laughs) And baby Joseph was only about two years old at the time when he was bludgeoned to death in his crib. Ooh. Yeah. And, like, all of the victims had actually died nearly instantaneously from their wounds. However, little Cazelia survived for hours after the attack, and she had actually gotten out of the barn and pulled out, like, chunks of her hair. Yeah. From, like, shock. Anxiety, yeah. 
And, like, apparently the killer had then, like, placed her in the barn. And they know that she was alive because, one, the hair thing. But also, apparently, she had, like, some, like, hay in her lungs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, the injuries to all of the members of, like, the victims were extremely brutal. And Victoria's head had actually been completely crushed in with the blunt force object. Oh, my God. That's and, intense. Yeah. And this was, um... Victoria, as in the um, daughter. Yeah. Yeah, because there's. there's I don't know Victoria. why I thought that the do- the mom's name was Cazelia. Uh-huh. Never mind. Um. So yeah, and then also, I will say, um, like, what is this? The dad. Uh huh. Andreas. Andreas, his like whole entire body was completely caked in blood because he had been like bludgeoned more brutally than the other ones. Interesting. So keep that in mind that both of them were more brutally killed. Yeah. Than the other ones in this particular uh-huh. like crime. So I mean, obviously, a crime as brutal as this one would signify that it was a crime of passion, simply due to the nature of the murders and yeah, massive of fear they were. Um, and actually, the freaking weirdest part of this case is that after the murders had taken place, the killer had actually stayed on the farm for a number of days, just living that's among so, the corpses. That's so weird. Yeah. That's and so creepy. I don't like that. How uh, did I notice this? Yeah, I don't know. And, like, we know this for a number of reasons. So, first off, the neighbors had actually seen, like, smoke rising from the chimneys in the day, like, days following the murders, signifying to them that there was proof of life, but it was just not the lives of the family. Oh, um, in the farm, animals had been fed daily and taken care of, and there had been... Weird thing to do. Yeah. It's like, I'm gonna kill you, but I'm gonna take care, care of your pets. Literally. Like, this guy was like, oh, I hate people, but I love animals. Hashtag dog mom. <laughs> <laughs> and there had been meals, like, prepared and eaten in the kitchen. There was human waste that was, quote-unquote, fresh oh. in the house and around it. And additionally, yeah, when the mailman came, he noticed that the family's Pomeranian had been chained up outside of the house. I'm sorry, these people had a Pomeranian? Yeah, they did, which I actually thought was really weird. That's weird. Not in, like, a crime sense weird, but, like, who has a Pomeranian on a farm? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Pomeranian. Apparently, he had a gash on his face. Like, he had been hit in the face with, like, and none of the other animals had been harmed, and he was okay. But I think that, like, maybe the puppy had gone to, like, protect the family and got hit with a pickaxe during, like, the battle. Or maybe he... Because, I don't know, if he didn't hurt him other ways, maybe he just got hurt from being tied up outside. Yeah. I don't know. hit him. But actually, like, apparently he wasn't inside the next day. Oh. So that was interesting. Another reason. Proof of some life. Mm -hmm. So April 4th, a repairman had actually come to the farm to fix an issue with the food chopper. I don't know what that is. Okay. And this had been... Yeah scheduled prior to the murders and when he went to the house he like knocked on the door and nobody answered and he assumed that they just weren't home so he waited for about an hour for them to come and he just decided to like start the repair and that actually took him about four and a half hours and he said like the only thing that he was like hearing when he was working was the dog which was not in the front of the house anymore and the farm animals in the barn um and like a lot of people were saying that, like, the, um, like, the farm seemed active. It was just a lot quieter than normal. Interesting. And also, the repairman said that he had seen a man walking around the farm tending to the animals. Yet he just never came over to him. And the dude was never like, hey, man, um, what's up? That seems weird. 
Who are you? Like, even, like, like, not that the repairman maybe wouldn't bother the dude, but why would the dude be like, hey, what you doing on my farm? No, literally, yeah. Like, hey, what's up? Thanks for coming to fix my food chopper. So, yeah, that's weird. Um, and overall, like, the members of the community were starting to worry about the family because they hadn't, like, seen or heard from them in a few days. Yeah, well, because they were dead. Yeah. And it was, like, even more notable is that they, like, hadn't gone to church, and Victoria had not sang at the church choir, which she had done for a while, and it was, like, important to her. (sighs) Also, like, religion was really important to the family, so missing church may seem, like, mundane to some, but for them it was really weird, and it made people think that there was, like, something seriously wrong. Also, like... Young Kazelia had not shown up to school, which again, I feel like that's weirder than church. Yeah, Um, and that was for two days in a row. And eventually, Lorenz Schlittenbauer decided to send his sons to the farm to see what was going on. Which, like, get your lazy ass up and (gasps) do it yourself. And by the way, this was at 30 30 p.m. on April 4th, and his son Joseph was only nine, and Johan, who was 16, nine years old. Like, even if the family was, like, sick or something, why would you send your nine-year-old to go check on them? Yeah, seriously. Like, okay, what? Okay. Clearly, this is not going to be good. Yeah. Anyways, the boys went home after looking around the farm and knocking on the door, and they said that they didn't find anyone. So Joseph got his lazy ass up. You mean Lorenz. Lorenz got his lazy ass up and went to check on the farm. And, like, obviously he didn't take his kids because he was, like, just like, okay, they're useless. They didn't find anything. I'll just go. Yeah. And he took Michael Pole and Jacob Siegel mm. with him, who were, like, adults. And when they checked in the barn, they actually found the mutilated bodies of Andreas, Cazelia, Victoria, and Lil Cazelia. Uh-huh. And actually, I'm really glad his sons didn't go. Like, they would be yeah. messed up their entire lives. And they then decided to go, like, check in the house, and they found Maria and baby Joseph and the police were then called, like, right away. And when the police got there, their autopsies were carried out in the barn. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah, makes so much sense. That's really reputable. That's like if they, like, yeah. did John Benet's autopsy in front of all of their neighbors in the living yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really weird. And Thanks also, for carrying like, her upstairs. Now I'm going to do the autopsy. Like, this is exactly yeah, the thing. that's literally what it is. And, like... All of these people, like, all the police officers and also these other guys were still there, like, tromping around the crime scene. Like, I know it was 1920. They probably couldn't do much anyway, but still. And, like, they were stumped and all they found was, like, the cause of death. And, but, you know what their last decision was? Hmm. They decided to decapitate all of the bodies and send their heads away for analysis. Oh. But no, they didn't send them to, like, a lab or other police department. They sent them to... Mystics. What even is a mystic? Like, okay, people who can, like, see the future, talk to the dead, or whatever. And, um, see if they could find anything, because they're flat out of leads. And, shocker, they never got the heads back. Okay. Or any information. I've, like, heard about this happening before. Yeah. People send away things to psychics, and they don't come back. All of these people were buried headless. Oh. Yeah. But, can you imagine, like, receiving a head in the mail? Oh, Jesus, no. Like, I don't know, by carrier? Actually, six heads. My carrier pigeon. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what their form of like transportation, transportation. was. Dude, we got a horse-drawn carriage. That's like the third time today we've said something at the exact same time. We were walking to Izzy's after school. We've also thank you to the crossing guard at the exact same time. You also, said something earlier at the same time as me, and then we just did it again. Yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Suspects and theories. 
Suspects and theories. Woohoo. I'm going to start off with Carl Gabriel. So, this is, like, the guy that was Victoria's husband, and he had supposedly... secret. No, Victoria's husband. Um, he had supposedly been killed. Supposedly. Supposedly? Why did I say... I said supposedly. I didn't mean to do that. I used to say supposedly, and then someone corrected me. Did you really? Yeah. I I actually still remember who it was. I just cannot say. Um, so, he had been supposedly killed in battle by, like, a shell attack, explosion kind of thing. But his body was never recovered, probably because it was, you know, an Exploded. explosion. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole theory started to fall in the murders, like, that maybe he wasn't really dead, and he just thought that it was, like, an easy way to get out of his marriage, and, you know, he had some issues. Probably because, you know, the incest thing. Yeah. The incest thing. Yeah, he was like, you know, I'm gonna pass on this. Yeah. After my near-death experience, I've decided I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, divorce was a little bit of a taboo at the time, like incest. Um, so basically, um, he just, you know, bounced and pretended to be dead. So the main issue is that Victoria had given birth to Joseph illegitimately while he was away. And, you know, the rumored baby daddy was, like, their neighbor or also her dad. (laughs) So, like, a little weird. And, like, it's just, it's so weird. But, like, I feel like it kind of makes sense if you're faking your own death already. I feel like you could show up and murder everybody without, yeah, just like... like, hiding in the attic for a few months, yeah, scouting it out. exactly. Like, I mean, no one's gonna suspect you because you're dead. And, you know, it might be possible because following World War II, war captives who had been released prematurely claimed that they had been sent home by a German-speaking Soviet officer. So, like, you know, bad dude, yeah. I think. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Um... German-speaking Soviet office. That's bad, dude, right? Yeah. I'm thinking that's bad. As in, like, um, Nazi. But it's a Soviet officer. So how do we know that it's just not a, like... Maybe he's just a German dude. Okay. Maybe he's a German dude who, like, you know, went to the Soviet Union. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he's not a bad dude. I'm a little thrown off there. But, you know, whatever. But he claimed to be the murderer of Hinter Kvek. Okay, so fuck him. So, like, yeah, exactly. But, like, kind of makes sense. You know, this guy was in the army, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I did that. Um, we don't really know this for sure, but it was just, like, some rumor. And this guy, like, the guys who actually came forward have, like, kind of discredited it since. And yeah. said that was, like, not true, but Well, also, they, like, revised their statements. Yeah. Just weird. And this case was really widespread at the time, and this guy could have just been, you know, like... A dickhead. Yeah, a dickhead. And... Just, you know, used as, like, a form of intimidation or whatever to his troops and whatever. But, I mean, this makes sense why there was no money taken from the house, even though there was, like, a lot of it. And this guy, like, basically lived there, so, like, why not take the money, too? Mm-hmm. But I think he just wanted to carry out this crime because he wanted to be, like, you know, he was like, well, screw these people for, like, you know, being incesty and whatever. Incesty? Um, but, you know, also it could have been ghost. Yeah, I I personally think it was a ghost. I don't think it was a ghost, but you know, whatever. I think the ghosty stuff can be explained away by someone just you know sticking in their house. Yeah, but I mean, maybe. also I don't really think it was this guy because like everything kind of sounds yes, Sus. but at the same time, like dude's body probably just exploded. He dead, but also can, you can't kill your own daughter. Yeah, like I because at least he knows of, for sure that that is his daughter. There's a lot of issue with that. And like, I mean, unless I he was, like, a psychopath, but, like, at the same time, I don't know like, if I don't, I don't know. I don't get the impression he was that much of a psychopath. Yeah. Anyways, 
Yeah. The last suspect I'll be talking about is Lauren Schittenbauer. Schlitten. Schlitten. No, Schlitten. Schitt. You just called him Schittenbauer. Like Schittenbauer. Schlittenbauer. Poo humor. So this is a sketchy dude from earlier, the neighbor. And as mentioned, he was a rumored father of Joseph. So the dude is sus. Everything was locked, but Lorenz apparently entered the house alone with a key. What the fuck? Yep, the set of keys that had disappeared previously. Well, I mean, you don't know it was necessarily the set of keys. Um... It's just, you know, there was a set of keys missing. And maybe Lorenz he took had that. one. He was never given them. Yeah. So maybe he went in to look for his son, Joseph. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, everyone was, like, saying, oh, yeah, he was like, I need to go look for my son, Joseph. Like, he was, like, saying that he needed to do it because they weren't, he wasn't in the barn, obviously. Okay. So he actually, when he went into the house and when he was in the barn, he disturbed the bodies, which, like, totally compromised the investigation. Like, apparently, like, he was moving them around. That's bad vibes. Yeah. And in 1925, he went and saw the remains of the farm, which had, like, been basically destroyed because everyone just kept on visiting it and everyone was like, I don't want to look at that place anymore. Yeah. So, when, like, he was asked why he was there, he said that the remains in the barn were hindered and being buried because of the frozen ground. Wait, that's a weird, like... Which makes no sense. When I was typing this out, I was like, what? That makes no sense. Like, it's not like he's saying, like, something, it's just, it's so, it's so specific, it's so out of place, like, it's not like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense as as a response. Yeah, like, it's, like, you're, you could be like, oh, I'm just remembering my past. No, do you say this? Yeah, what, like that's weird. It's a weird thing. To say. It doesn't even make it in context. It makes no sense. Yeah, and he also like apparently has shared like weird details that only the killer would know, or that were like a very very lucky guess, or like a very like smart guess that someone who was a professional could make. Oh my god. Okay, like how this dude is. This dude. I don't is like. Guilty. And like it was rumored that Victoria had actually asked for child support, and Lorenz said no. And killed them. And I actually do think that there's a potential that this guy did it. There's just so much stuff against him. Oh, I definitely think this guy And, like, there's also, like, he sued multiple people in civil cases because they called him the murderer. And, like, you know, that part, I'm not going to say it makes him more or less guilty. Because, I mean, if people... Yeah, I get it. If people called me a murderer, I'd probably sue their asses, too. Especially if you didn't do it. But, like... At the same time, this dude is just really He's weird. really suspicious to me. The, he has, like, the motive. He has the method. It just makes a lot of sense. And he was a farmer. And so he was he a was neighbor. Strong. So he was, like, com- could be, like, nearby and also go back to his house without anyone really knowing. Exactly. Like, and he would have known where everything was. Yeah. I, you know. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, let us know what you think. This was the murders at Hinter Kafek Farm. Tune in to, in two weeks to hear another creepy case. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at tgic.podcast. And feel free to email us at teengirlsinvestigatecrime at gmail.com with any, like, comments, questions, case suggestions, or just, like, to say hi. And also, I'd like to formally apologize for the amount of, like, tangents and No, yeah, we went on a lot of tangents. I'm sorry about that. It was fun, though. I feel like we haven't had a good tangent It was fun. All right. You know, talk to you next week. Bye! Bye.